Well, hello and welcome to Bible Prophecy for today. This channel is where I discuss controversial topics and news headlines that you're not going to hear about in the mainstream media. And I do it all from a West Texans biblical point of view. Hey guys, welcome back to the episode of Bible Prophecy for today. My name is Heather. I got some episodes for you guys today. So, I'm going to try to keep this short and sweet and try to stay away from the more controversial topics on this episode because it is going to YouTube. That's right. So, first of all, let's see what we've got going in the news today. So, bread prices are skyrocketing due to inflation um, over in Europe, folks. It's getting pretty bad over there. So, uh, what else do we have going on? So, we also have the food crisis of 2023. It's coming and it's going to be worse than people realize. We'll talk about that as well. In other news, uh, Computing Putin, Politics, and Prophecy. This is uh, by Terry James in his um, Prophecy line. You guys are going to listen to this article. It's pretty good. What else do we have going on? Echoes of Gog and Magog. Tensions between Russia and Israel soar as top Putin ally threatens Moscow, ready to cut diplomatic relations with Jerusalem. Folks, here we go. What else? So why have so... Well, we can't talk about that one. Ooh, sorry about that. I just forgot. This is going to YouTube. But later on uh, this evening, I will post one to a uh, podcast. To my podcast, Podbean, Google Cast, however you, uh, whatever iTunes, however you listen to it. We'll talk about the article that I cannot mention here on YouTube. So what else do we have? So uh, Putin is declaring martial law he's declaring martial law we'll talk a little bit about that and uh what that means so what what does that mean we'll talk about it so that's an article out of forbes so without further uh chit chatting about folks let's get on with the news shall we of course as relates to bible prophecy so bread skyrockets inflation grips europe this is at al jazeera so i'm sorry no this is uh new york times sorry this is new york times it was by Liz Alderman. Liz Alderman. So let's check out this article, shall we? So, Severdelo, France. Since Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the price of the wheat that Julian Borges uh, grinds for her um, Bollingeries, folks, I'm not French, sorry. Anyway, at his family's flour mill in central France has increased more than 30%. 30%, folks. The bill for the electricity needed to run the mill has tripled. Even the price of paper used for flour sacks has hit the stratosphere, he says. So, all of which are driving up the price of a loaf of bread. Inflation is brutally high, he says, expecting the mill's mammoth crushers as they grind wheat into flour. He has urged the 1,000 bakeries at his company, Moulin's, uh, whatever that company name is, folks, I'm terrible with names. You know that. You know you've been listening to me for a while now. I'm just a girl from Texas. You know. Anyway, uh, supplies to mark up the iconic French baguette by 10 cents from a current range of 1 euro to 1.3 euros or $1.27 in American dollars to offset the higher cost that he has had to pass along. So, consumers can afford to pay more for now, but prices will keep rising, he says. And so it's worrisome, he said. In France, where the baguettes already cost over 8% more than they did a year ago, he added, we remember that the revolution started over the price of bread. Remember that, guys? 
I'm sure they do in Europe. Anyway, so as inflation continues to fly across Europe, few matters are causing more concern than the cost of a basic loaf. Prices for the most essential food staple have never been higher, he says. So and are now up nearly 19% a year ago. That's 19% from a year ago, guys. Uh, the fastest rise on record. So Eurostat, Europe's statistic agency, said in a report released on Wednesday. So Russia's war in Ukraine has been a major factor behind the increase. Eurostat said about roiling energy markets and driving up prices for grains, oil, seeds, and fertilizers. So what else? So that has contributed to a broader striker or broader sticker shock for food and other necessities that is rapidly draining consumers' wallets. In Europe, consumer prices rose at a rapid pace in September from a year ago, climbing 10.1% in Britain and nearly 11% across the European Union. So the cost of food jumped by nearly 16% in the EU and more than 14% in Britain, while energy prices surged by around 40% across both. Folks, this is crazy. And if you see the kind of where this is going, the next article I'm going to read to you guys is going to tell you even worse in where it's going to be going. Guys, we are talking about a food shortage of maybe biblical proportions coming in 2023. If you've watched some of my Rumble channels, because most of those videos on YouTube have been struck down, but you can always find the podcast and listen to it. Um, if you noticed, I did a lot, a lot of stuff on that, talking about biblical proportions and what it could possibly be like. Um, if you guys subscribe, or not subscribe, but if you go to my uh, my website, um, Bible Prophecy number four today.com, You'll be able to see that I think I've got that on the beginning part as you scroll through. I have a couple videos on food shortages that I did almost a year ago. And guys, it's even worse than I even thought it might be. So it's going to get really, really bad. And uh, like I always say, you better get you some food. Get you some food. Anyway, not only that, find out ways to heat your home that don't involve being on the grid per se. If you live in an apartment, you know, whatever kind of hindered there but not really there's other ways that you can do things to heat your home uh, to cool your home and that kind of stuff people always think about heating right because of course winter's right around the corner most people don't think about cooling their home because we're almost coming out of that uh part of the year and now but you know there's ways to think about things definitely go to mama bear prepper youtube check out a lot of good stuff there the alaskan preppers got good stuff a lot of, a lot of good things. If you guys don't check out Marfugal News, Marfugal, F-O-O-G-L-E News on YouTube, check them out too. Lots of good information. Anyway, so we got other things. High consumer prices are a concern in the United States as well. The pace of inflation near a four-decade high remains elevated even as the Federal Reserve has tried to cool the economy. Even there, the price of bread has jumped 15% from a year ago. Folks, it's, it's high. Bread is it's getting up there, folks. So anyway, the broad nature of inflation is feeding into the anxiety of policymakers and economics that price rises are becoming embedded and will prove harder to contain. They're not going to be able to contain it. You know why? Do you know why they can't contain it? Let me fill you in. It's manufactured. They're planning it. They've said this is what they're going to do. This is what they're going to do. Remember, old Biden, remember, you remember, it's going to be a cold, dark winter. It's going to be a cold, dark winter. They're probably telling that in his earpiece. You just, this is what you say, Biden, just say, <laughs> bumbling Biden. 
Lord help us. Lord help the world. God help us for sure, for sure. So anyway, going right down here. So food companies are passing along hard costs. On Wednesday, the global food giant Nestle said it had raised prices 9.5% in the third quarter compared to the same period last year, up from 7.7% increase in the previous quarter. So when the price of bread rises, people feel it right away. The squeeze has been sharpest in countries nearest to the conflict zone, especially in Hungary where the cost of a basic loaf of bread surged in September by 77, 77% folks from a year ago, according to Eurostat. In Croatia, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Poland, and Slovakia, bread prices are up by 30%, over 30%. So the whirlwind has come as a shock in Germany, where the cost of bread has shot up over 18% in a year as overall inflation has zoomed into the double digits too, reaching 10.9% in September. Whoa. Folks, it may not seem very much like, oh, 10.9%, like whatever, but you, when you incorporate that into everything, everything that you're buying, that loaf of bread is 10 to 30% higher, that box of cereal is 10 to 30% higher, you know, that case of water. Have you noticed how much water has gone up? And have you noticed here in the United States, I don't know about your neck of the woods, but here in Texas, I've noticed you can't hardly find spring water. You can't find spring water. Folks, I don't know about you guys, but that's a little weird. But you can't find purified water. It makes you wonder. I, you know, I never was a um, conspiracy theorist, but, you know, <laughs> I guess kind of I was, but not to the extent where I like kind of don't trust the water supply. I don't trust the food supply. I don't trust a lot of things. But another thing I don't trust is them saying, uh, like here in the United States, all these recalls are going on, all this food. But it makes you wonder, is that true? Or are they just saying that because, you know, who knows? Who knows? The deception is so crazy. It's like off the charts. But who said that? Who, who told us it would be like that? Jesus told us. He told us that deception would be crazy. He goes, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Be ye not deceived, if you like the King James Version. <laughs> don't be deceived. So much is going on. Like I say, if you have a local farmer, man, make friends with that local farmer, local rancher. I bought beef from a local farmer and a local rancher. And if you can't, you know, lots of butcher shops, you know, are around and you can go talk to them and get meat local to your economy, maybe, you know, uh, that's not outsourced or, you know, like I tell you, I wouldn't eat Smithfield pork if, if that was the last thing on earth because they're bought out by China. Wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I get my pork locally. But hey, that's me personally. You know, I'm just shooting that out there. I'm just going to throw that out there to you guys our food supply probably all over the world you know is probably in trouble one thing i look at okay check this out europe okay the eu they took out all these food colorings and these dyes and these artificial this and that but united states no no it's perfectly fine really huh Mm-mm. no folks uh the united states is not perfectly fine the United States is the leader of the pack. And when you're starting to look around at the, you know, you know what I'm talking about, you know, go get your, you know, killing so many people. Those, those, they had warned us that that was going to happen within a couple of years. If you remember the front line, you know, 
people were telling us that remember let's spend a couple years look what's going on people are just you know dropping like flies I wonder why I wonder why yeah anyway guys I'll talk about that a little bit more stuff on the on the podcast later on this evening but right now we're talking about food so anyway um, you can read the rest of that article um, at newsbreak.com newsbreak.com but I do want to turn talk about this a little bit more out of that same article to curb energy bills so the barren I'm telling you guys if you could read if you could look at my screen you'd be like what what <laughs> I know I'm just a girl from Texas but I tell you what French is not my later my name near uh, is my not my native language and neither is German or anything else anyway so it goes on to talk about um, in Lithuania uh, this lady Vadeus, I'm not even going to try to pronounce her last name. She says she's tried to avoid a similar fate. She said, or he says, his loaves of traditional rye made with his grandmother's recipe are especially prized. He says this year he pushed up prices 33% to as much as 12 euros a loaf to offset a jump in the cost of flour, sunflower oil, and sugar. The price of dried fruits and seeds used in some breads has doubled, he says. He says the curb energy bills, he said uh, he covered his roof with solar panels. But as winter approaches and the skies darken earlier, he is having to buy electricity at prices that are over 500% higher than they were a year ago. Folks, that's 500% higher than a year ago. Just a year ago. He and his six employees now run the ovens four days a week instead of five to save money. Folks, they're all about this green energy. Green energy, green, green, green. Let me tell you what happened in Texas in February. You guys remember hearing about us on the news? Well, we sold a lot of our stuff and we turned it to green energy. Well, let me tell you something. Wind turbines don't operate in ice. You're not getting a lot of sun solar in the winter time. So they push all this stuff. Folks, it's almost comical. It's nearly comical. We have the governor there in Texas, you know, Newsom, saying by 2030, there's not going to be any more gasoline cars, you know. But, you know, we got the grid going down constantly. Now, don't, don't charge your cars between this hour. Don't charge your cars overnight. Don't do this. Don't do that. And then in Florida, where all the floods have happened here in Florida, we have electric cars catching on fire. Tesla's catching on fire because of the electronic system, their batteries and stuff like that. So, uh, once again, tell me how this green energy is supposed to be working for everybody. It's not. It's absolutely not. Now, do I think he can subsidize some of the stuff? Well, of course, you know, on the farms, you know, everybody's got the, the power, the windmills, and, you know, all this kind of stuff. we got those things going, of course, you know. Where I come from on the farm, we had windmills back in the day, you know, it used to pump our water up, you know. So, you know, can it subsidize a little bit? Yeah, maybe 10%, maybe. But, like you said, going into the winter months, you're not going to get a whole lot of sun. You're not getting a whole lot. And think of all the birds that these windmills are killing. Where, where's all the animal people out there going, hey, gosh, the birds are dead. No. They care more about birds than they do babies, you know. But anyway. Hmm. I digress. Anyway, lots of good stuff in the news today. So what else we have? A food crisis of 2023 is coming and it's going to be worse than people realize. Yes, it is. It's going to be worse than people realize. So let's talk about that. This is by Michael Schneider. And as the economic collapse 
blog. You can check it out at prophecynewswatch.com, prophecynewswatch.com. So he goes, I'm trying to sound the alarm about this as loudly as I can. He says, the global food crisis just continues to intensify and things are going to get really bad in 2023. He says, as you will see below, two-thirds, two-thirds of European fertilizer production has already been shut down. Currency problems are causing massive headaches for poor nations that need to import food. Global weather patterns continue to be completely crazy and the bird flu is killing millions upon millions of chickens and turkeys all over the planet. Folks, I'm telling you, on top of everything else, the war in Ukraine is going to restrict the flow of agricultural fertilizer exports from that part of the world for a long time to come because there's no end to the war in sight. In essence, we are facing, quote, a perfect storm for global food production, and that perfect storm is only going to get worse in the months ahead. Absolutely correct. So, global hunger has been on the rise for years, and the UN World Food Program is warning that we are heading for yet another year of record hunger. The world is at risk of yet another year of record hunger as the global food crisis continues to drive yet more people into worsening levels of severe hunger, warns the United Nations World Food Program, or the WFP, in a call for urgent action to address the root causes of today's crisis ahead of the World Food Day on October 16th. Just remember, um, here on the Canadian border in the United States, they built a 15-acre, 15-acre cricket plant. Food cricket plant. You guys remember that? You will own nothing and be happy. You don't need meat. You don't need meat. Eat the cricket instead. It's where we're heading, folks. I don't know about you, but I like beef. Beef in Texas is what's for dinner. Just ask Oprah. She should remember. <laughs> Anywho, if you guys don't remember that, I may be a little old. Anyway, so the global food crisis is a confluence of competing crises caused by climate shocks, conflict, and economic pressures. That has pushed the number of severely hungry people around the world from 282 million to 345 million in just the first 12 months of 2022 alone. Folks, that's crazy. That's a lot of people. The UN World Food Program scaled up food assistance targets to reach a record 153 million people in 2022. And by mid-year, had already delivered assistance to 111.2 million people. Because, but as I have consistently warned, this is only just the beginning. Eventually, there will be billions, billions with a B as in boy, of people that don't have enough to eat on a regular basis. Folks, this is their plan. This is their plan. They don't care about you and me. No. They only want 500 million people. Remember the Georgia Godstones? That's all they want. That's all they think that this planet can sustain. When God said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. That's what God commanded us to do. These people are the complete opposite. I don't know about you, but uh, I don't know my my Bible says. Anyway. Hmm. Let's continue. So, in all my years, he says, I have never seen hunger spread so rapidly. In fact, there are large numbers of people that are now facing starvation in the backyard of the United States of America. The United Nations is warning that hunger in one of Haiti's or Haiti's biggest slums is a is at catastrophic levels as gang violence and economic crises push the country to a breaking point. 
Mm -mm -mm, folks, nearly 20,000 people in the capitals impoverished city Soleil already have dangerously little access to food and could face starvation, the UN says. Across Haiti, almost 5 million are struggling with malnutrition. Haiti's facing a humanitarian catastrophe, a top UN official said. Why don't they help them? Why aren't they doing anything to help them? This is what the UN's supposed to do, right? Why aren't they helping them? They're talking about it, but are they helping them? Is anybody? But most people in the Western world won't care until they are going hungry themselves. I take that back. The United States, I tell you, and it may not even be our government. Our people, well, it used to. I don't know now. It's all about me. It's all about me and my money and my happiness and my, my, my. That's what the Bible said would happen in the end days. I'm telling you, you remember 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy tells us in, in the Word what the end days would be like. 2 Timothy 3 tells us. And that's what it's like. But in the previous years, decades, the United States people, we would be the first ones to donate money and give. Remember? Remember those days? Or is it just me? That when stuff like this would happen, that there would be like telethons and you text this number, or even before texting, call this number and make donations and, you know, blah, blah. You remember those days? I do. But now it's all about GoFundMe this or GoFundMe that or PayPal this, PayPal that, so they can take your money. You know, they don't agree with you. Oh, that goes against our agenda. Sorry, that millions of dollars, it's not going to those people anymore. It's coming to us. PayPal, that's $2,500 because I don't agree with what you said. I never thought I'd see this day, folks. I, I, I never did. I say that a lot here lately. I wake up saying that. Well, I'm still here. I go to bed thinking the Lord's going to rapture us, and I wake up in the morning going, well, I'm still here. I'm here for a reason. What's that reason? To tell people about the gospel of Jesus Christ and to point people to Jesus. All these headlines I give you guys, I hope, point you to our Savior, to Jesus Christ. I hope. Anyway, that's my prayer. That That's what I do this for. Anyway. So it says, unfortunately, that day may be a lot closer than a lot of people ever imagined. I've been telling you people, how long have I been telling y'all? Get you some food. So right now, a whopping two-thirds of all the fertilizer production capacity in Europe has already been shut down because of the skyrocketing price of natural gas. So Europe's fertilizer crunch is deepening with more than two-thirds of production capacity halted by soaring gas costs, threatening farmers and consumers far beyond the region's border. So Russia's squeeze on gas shipments in the wake of Moscow's invasion of Europe is hurting industries across Europe. But... Fertilizer companies are being especially affected because gas is both a key feedstock and a source of power for the sector. So uh, there simply will not be enough fertilizer for European farmers in 2023, and there won't be enough for everyone else that depends on the fertilizer production in Europe. This is a really big deal because without fertilizer, we would only be able to feed approximately half the planet. Think about that, guys. Do you want to volunteer to be among those that don't get enough food? I don't know. Meanwhile, the surging U.S. dollar is causing immense headaches for food importers all over the world. And just a little note here. In the United States, the USDA wants uh, people to register. Yes, folks, I said that. Register your garden. You know, your private garden at your home. They want you... To, they want you to register that. <laughs> yes, 
So it makes sure you're complying with green energy and climate this and blah, 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 that and community, community, yada, yada, blah. That's what they want. And they want your address so they can put it on a map. Like there, Heather's got a, there she's got a little patio garden. Go check it out. Yeah. Absolutely not. Anyway. So, meanwhile, it says, uh, in Ghana, importers are warning about shortages in the run-up to Christmas. Thousands of containers loaded with food recently piled up in ports in Pakistan, while private bakers in Egypt raised bread prices after some flour mills ran out of wheat because it was, sta it was stranded at customs. It's all planned. Remember, folks, it is the pandemic of this is going on. So around the world, countries that rely on food imports are grappling with a destructive combination of high interest rates, a soaring dollar, and elevated commodity prices, eroding their power to pay for goods that are typically priced in the greenback. Dwindling foreign currency reserves in many cases has reduced access to dollars and banks are slow in releasing payments. Mm -hmm. So the value of the U.S. dollar has been spiking because the Federal Reserve has been raising interest rates. When the value of the dollar goes up, poor countries have to pay a lot more for food in their own local currencies. So the Federal Reserve is actually making the global food crisis worse by hiking rates. But they're letting it, uh, but they are going to keep doing it anyway. I remember I read an article not too long ago, I think it was on Fox, I just read the headline. And it's talking about the Federal Reserve doing that because, but it's, you know, maybe a temporary hurt. These people don't care. They don't care about poor people who can't eat around the world. They don't care about the poor people in our own backyard. They don't care. Eh, it may hurt for a little bit. Yeah, you know, but it is for the long run. It'll be better. Really? Why don't you tell that grandmother, why don't you tell that little baby, that daughter, that seven-year-old, that ten-year-old, why don't you tell them and their parents? for the greater good makes me sick makes me sick anyway but what are we to do pray so what are to do so at the same time global weather patterns continue to go completely haywire guys ever watch geoengineeringwatch.org geoengineeringwatch.org go check that out you're gonna learn a whole lot about why this stuff is going haywire in the first place. But anyway, so this summer we witnessed the worst drought in Chinese history. Europe endured the worst drought in 500 years in the western U.S. Uh, continued to suffer through the worst multi-year mega drought in at least 1,200 years. Folks, we're in a drought where I live right now. Neil, I mean, we've been in a drought so long that our, our climate pattern has changed where I live. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. I've lived here my whole life. Well, we have a farm here. It's been crazy. But anyway, so it says, uh, needless to say, all this drought has been absolutely devastating agriculturally in production. So according to the Washington Post, more than 80% of the U.S. is facing troubling drought conditions right now. In the middle of the country, this has caused a horrific crisis for barge traffic along the Mississippi River. The barge industry is quite important. It's crucial for moving aluminum, petroleum, fertilizer, and coal, particularly on the Mississippi River and its tributaries. About 60% of grain and 54% of soybeans for U.S. export are moved via the Noble Barge. You remember them days? Barges touch more than a third of our exported coal as well. So right now, the barge industry and all of us who depend on its wares are mired in a crisis. Oh, sorry about that, guys. Uh, 
So water levels on the Mississippi River Basin are at its lowest point in more than a decade. So last week, approximately 2,000 barges were struck at one point. Sadly, very dry conditions are expected over the next several weeks, and so things are not likely to get better anytime soon. Low water levels and dredging shuttered barges, shuttered barge traffic heading north and south on the Mississippi last week. At one point, more than 100 towboats and 2,000 barges were stuck waiting. The blocked off section of the river between Louisiana and Mississippi reopened on Monday. Traffic is limited to one way, according to Petty Officer Jose Hernandez in the U.S. Coast Guard. Folks, this is getting crazy. So, so since many barges are stuck and cannot move at all, barge prices are reportedly hyperinflating. So as of this writing, the highest U.S. dollar per ton, this is dollar per ton price shown is $90.44. Prior to the massive spike, it was under $10, under $10 to move a ton of goods. Now it's moving, folks. So the vast majority of the now-stranded bean piles and other farm goods were intended for major export terminals in the Gulf of Mexico. While at least some of them appear to be covered and ventilated, how long will they really last before spoiling? So, on another note, we continue to see crabs die off at staggering rates. In fact, it is now being reported that the winter harvest of snow crab in Alaska has been suspended because the crab population has experienced a catastrophic decline. So, Alaskan officials have canceled several crab harvests in a conservation effort that sent shockwaves to the crabbing industry in the region. Folks, all the stuff is just, it's like a tidal wave. It's just like, boom, it's just like domino effect all the way down is that's what's happening so so officials canceled the far fall bristow bay red king crab harvest and for the first time on record are also holding off on the winter harvest of snow crab according to multiple reports i don't know about you guys but where i'm at it's october flies should be dead yet i, I slapped a mosquito last night it was it's october the 19th i slapped a mosquito so got flies they just won't die i don't know anyway so, and thanks to the global bird flu pandemic, birds continue to die in staggering numbers. Have you guys seen the reports? They're not all hitting the news, but if you want a turkey for Thanksgiving, <laughs> you better get it now. You may not get one. Mmm. I better grab that thing and put it in the deep freeze. So, and those of you who have been at the grocery store lately already know that egg prices, chicken prices, and turkey prices have surged to absolute crazy levels. And they have. At this point, prices are so high that one recent study or survey found that one out of every four American plans to skip Thanksgiving this year in order to save money. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. Thanksgiving ain't about the food. Thanksgiving is not about the food. Why are you skipping Thanksgiving for? Skip the turkey. It doesn't matter. Man, have you a ham sandwich. Grab you a hamburger. I don't care. Just be thankful for what you got, a can of beans. I don't care. It's all about your family and being thankful for what God has given you. That is what Thanksgiving's about. Anyway, so what if I've, uh, Americans are unsure if they'll be able to cover the cost of Thanksgiving this year and one in four plan to skip it to save money at a recent personal capital survey found. So the state of economic affairs in President Joe Biden's America is affecting Americans' holiday plans. According to the survey, one quarter of Americans are planning to skip Thanksgiving this year to save money, and one in five doubted they would have enough money to cover the cost of Thanksgiving this year. That's a lot of people, folks. 
It's a lot of people. Anyway, more specifically, one-third expect their 2022 Thanksgiving dinner to be smaller, and 45% overall said that they are financially stressed by Thanksgiving. Yes, things are already that bad. But according to Joe Biden, everything is just fine. In fact, he says that our economy is strong as hell. That's what he says. That's a quote. Anyway, uh, the comment came during a conversation with a reporter at a Baskin Robbins in Portland, Oregon, who asked the president if he had any worry about the strength of the U.S. dollar amid rising inflation. And he says, with a chocolate chip ice cream cone in his hand, Biden answered, I'm not concerned about the strength of the dollar. I'm concerned about the rest of the world. Our economy is strong as hell. Unquote. Coming from a moron. Anyway, uh, you believe him, don't you? <laughs> Our leaders would have us believe that all the problems that we are facing right now are just temporary and that a golden new age of peace and prosperity is just around the corner. <laughs> yeah, but if that's true, why are they so eager to have us eat bugs? Yeah, so a tremendous amount of time, energy, and resources is being put behind a campaign to promote insects as one of the solutions to the rapidly growing global food crisis. Yes, folks, you heard it correctly. But I don't plan to eat bugs, he says, and I'm sure that you don't either. I know I don't. I know y'all don't either. So, unfortunately, there isn't going to be nearly enough food for everyone on the planet in 2023. And millions upon millions of deeply suffering individuals will soon be desperately hungry. I'm telling you folks. So, they can push bug eating all they want, but that isn't going to fix our problems. Right now, they have absolutely no solutions that will prevent large numbers of people from starving to death during the difficult years that are in front of us. They have no, none. They created this mess. Of course, they don't have any solutions because they don't plan on helping anybody. They don't plan on it. They plan on a lot of people dying. That's what they plan and that's what they want. Are you gonna be one of those people? Or are you gonna get you some food? <laughs> you better start planning. I've been saying it for a while now. Prices have doubled since I've said that on just the stuff that I buy. But you can still get cheap food. You can still, man, they got canned chicken on sale if you go. $1.59 a can. Set you out a little planner. Figure out how many people you got living in your house and how little you can survive on a day. Boom. And start making a plan. A long-term plan. I'm talking months. I'm talking long-term. So what else do we have today? So we've got... Um, good stuff this is one last article i wanted to touch on today this is echoes of gog and magog so tensions between russia and israel soar as top putin ally threatens moscow ready to cut diplomatic relations with jerusalem by josie rosenberg and it was uh it was posted today uh, october the 19th of 2022 not sure when you guys are going to be watching this or hearing this or whichever so a member of russian president vladimir putin's inner circle of advisors threatened this week that moscow is ready to sever diplomatic ties with israel so the threat came via former president uh dmitry medvedev uh, who publicly warned that any israeli effort to supply arms to ukraine will destroy all diplomatic relations between our countries he said israel appears to be getting ready to supply weapons to kiev regime medvedev wrote tuesday on telegram and uh, i almost reported on that and that's exactly what israel was planning to do but it was a very reckless move he wrote it would destroy all bilateral relations between our countries so medvedev is currently the deputy head of the russian security council 
So on Sunday, Israeli uh, Diaspora Affairs Minister Nachman Shai wrote on Twitter that due to Iran reportedly transferring ballistic missiles to Russia for use in the Ukraine war, there is no longer any doubt where Israel should stand in this bloody conflict. Israeli news site Yenet reported. So, uh, the time has come for Ukraine to receive military aid as well, just as the U.S. and NATO countries provide Shai rope. So, why should this matter to Christians? So, this is the most tense moment that I can recall in Israeli relations with the Kremlin in decades, he says. It's significant to many Bible-believing Christians and to religious Jews for a very specific reason. The prophecies found in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 38 and 39, foretell a day when Russia, or Gog, and its dictator, Magog, would build an alliance with Persia, which is now modern-day Iran, and Gomor, which is modern-day Turkey, and other countries to turn against Israel and attack the Jewish state in the last days of history. Folks, we're in the last days, have you noticed? Anyway, uh, while it's too early to draw any conclusions, geopolitical trends in recent years, indeed in recent months, are intriguingly consistent with the War of Gog and Magog prophecies. Folks, throw in the uh, Abraham Accords, throw in all this stuff and all the stuff going on, coming down to just exactly what the Bible said. Just exactly what the Bible said would happen. It is happening right now. It's all being set up to happen just like God said it would. So we can find comfort in that as Christians. So what else we got going on? So so some Christians are openly asking, is Vladimir Putin Gog? Is he Gog? A question I address on the debut of my primetime TV show, he says on TV in the Rosenberg Report, he said. So Yes, you guys can go check that out and watch it. If you want to go to the uh, allisrael.com website, you can click on it and watch it straight from that website. So anyway, so it says, why is Israel walking such a fine line with Russia? Well, for months, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky and his closest advisors have been urging Israel to sell them defensive weapons, particularly the Iron Dome and other technologies that would allow them to shoot down Russian missiles and Iranian-made suicide drones that Tehran has recently began supplying Moscow. So Israeli leaders have tried hard not to involve themselves uh, in the conflict for several reasons. Why? Well, several reasons. First, he says, Israel does not want to shift the ire of the Russian bear towards itself. And second, Israel needs Moscow's kind of approval, or at least Putin's blind eye, towards Israeli operations to attack and destroy Iranian weapon caches bases in Syria. So third, Israel wants to protect the ability of the Jewish agency to operate in Russia and thus facilitate any Russian Jewish person or family immigrating to Israel as the Russian economy suffers, poverty rates soar, and freedom of worship and expression continue to be curtailed there in Russia. That said, Prime Minister Yair Lapid has made it clear that he personally sides with Ukraine and believes that Putin is in the wrong by illegally invading Ukraine. He says, we'll be on the right side of history, Lapid said back in February, but the comments of both Medvedev and Shai were widely reported in Israeli media and in Europe. So Gats rules out Israeli weapons for Ukraine. So in response to the escalating war of words, Israeli Defense Minister Benny Gantz told European ambassadors that Israel won't be selling weapons to Ukraine, but added that it could build the embattled country a civilian early warning system to warn of incoming strikes, like the one used in Israel, reported the Times of Israel. So Israeli conducts a, or Israeli conducts a policy of supporting Ukraine through humanitarian support and supply of life-saving systems and defense equipment. Uh, Gantz said. So, 
However, he goes, I would like to emphasize that Israel will not transfer weapons systems to Ukraine due to a variety of operational considerations. We will continue to support Ukraine within our limitations uh, as we have done so far, he says. So as part of the expansion of aid and supply of life-saving equipment, after a conversation with representatives from Ukraine, we applied for data that would allow us to assist in the construction and supply of a smart alert system there in Israel that's used in Israel against aerial and other um, threats, he said. So, such a system will have advantages both in saving civilian lives and in targeting alerts and alarms to the relevant areas, he said. So, there you have that. And so, what else do we have? One article that I can't talk about, but I will talk about on the podcast later tonight. And so, one other one is in Forbes. And this is Putin declares martial law in Russian-occupied Ukrainian uh, territories. So, it's by Brian Bush, and it's in Forbes. And it says, uh, top line, Russian Vladimir uh, Putin has declared martial law on Wednesday in four Russian-occupied territories it annexed in sham <laughs> referendums from Ukraine last month. Yes, we all know it was all sham. Anyway, as Ukrainian forces advanced toward the city uh, of Kherson in a major counteroffensive to the invasion. So, uh, one of those key facts are Putin announced a declaration opposing martial law in the eastern Ukrainian regions of Donetsk, Kherson, Luhansk, and Zephyrfori in a security council meeting posted on the Kremlin's Telegram channel, saying the order will take effect Thursday, although it will still need to be approved by the Russian Federation Council before becoming official, the Moscow Times reported. So the anticipated move comes as Russian forces continue to suffer ground setbacks in eastern and southern Ukraine, including the capture of Lyman in Kharkiv, and as a critical bridge connecting Crimea to Russia was attacked last week, cutting off Moscow's military support through the peninsula. So Putin claimed that the martial law would increase economic stability in the area, although Western officials warned it could mean ordinary laws suspended, preventing military-age Russians from fleeing. The Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov, however, told state outlet RIA Novosky that Moscow has no plans to close its borders. We'll see about that. Anyway, uh, draft legislation before uh, Russia's parliament seen by the Washington Post shows the declaration could also include restrictions on public gatherings and travel, as well as tighter government censorship and broader law enforcement authorities. So Russian Federation Council Committee Chairman Andrei Klishov uh, wrote on Telegram, the council will take up legislation to finalize the order as soon as possible. So this is still continuing to develop. Uh, story folks so I'll bring you more as I hear more about that one thing I want to throw out there if you guys are not on telegram jump on telegram I'm on telegram lots of folks are on telegram you know but anyway you can speak your mind on telegram you don't have to do this kind of stuff like if it was uh, if I was on telegram talking to you guys right now I could just throw out there the headlines that I'm going to talk about later <laughs> on my podcast with this just to throw some stuff up on uh, to YouTube and I want, I'm going to start a second YouTube channel. I'm going to tell you this, guys, now because the one that I have now is about to be struck down. So I'm on strike number two. And to get the second strike, they went back a year ago to a video that I posted over a year ago. And so I'm sure they're going to keep digging and digging. And it's a teeny tiny, itty bitty, teeny weeny channel. But anyway, they don't care. All the bots out there. So I'm going to start another channel. And it's going to be Bible Prophecy for Today, number two. So it's going to be Bible Prophecy for Today. Uh, and then I'm just going to have on the end the two Roman numerals or the I-I. Oops. Uh, so I-I, which is going to be two. So Bible prophecy, the number four today. Two, or if 
you guys have another I don't know suggestion you think I should throw throw it up there uh, put it in the comments below let me know I'm not gonna go through the whole spiel of you know subscribe to my channel click on this I don't do that stuff um, you know if you guys want to subscribe that's fine if you want to share it hey that's fine too and if you want to comment below I would love to hear your comments that's the only thing I ask for is comments because I like to inter interact with you guys and uh, so anyway um, but with that, I'm going to get out of here, guys, and uh, I'm going to work on the one for this evening. I'm going to get a post um, here in a few hours um, to the podcast, uh, so that's Bible Prophecy for today. You can check it out on iTunes or wherever you subscribe uh, to your podcast. Uh, I'm even on Alexa, so I found that out. Didn't know that until somebody wrote me and told me. <laughs> So anyway, um, check this out, guys. I really, really appreciate you guys listening, and I try to bring you news relevant to Bible prophecy, um, because right now the only thing that matters is your relationship with Jesus Christ. And I don't care if your grandmama or your mama or your daddy's daddy dad was a, a, a Christian. That doesn't mean you are, okay? You can't rely on their relationship with Christ to get you to heaven, okay? You have to have a personal relationship with Jesus, because what did Jesus say? You know, when he got to heaven, there's going to be those that got there and said, Oh, Lord, Lord, we did this in your name. And Lord, Lord, we get all this in your name. And he's going to say the most terrifying words you ever, ever hear, ever. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness, for I never knew you. Those are not the words that I want to hear. And I know those aren't the words that you want to hear. I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. And how do you do that? You have to have a personal relationship with Jesus. You. It's up to you. If you go to hell, it's because you sent yourself to hell. Not because God did. He loves you so much. He's done everything. Everything. Everything possible to secure your place in heaven. He even sent his only begotten son to die a wretched, horrific death on the cross. And it wasn't just the physical death. You need to think about what he did for you and I. What did Jesus do? He paid the sin debt for the whole world. Eli, Eli, Laba Sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He cried out on the cross. Think about it. And I'm going to tell you something. You can't pay somebody to get you out of hell. You can't pay somebody to get you out of purgatory because there is no purgatory. I don't care how good you think you've done or how much you've paid the Pope. Honey, the Pope is the false prophet. Not going to get you out of heaven. Or not going to get you out of hell. Nobody can get you out of hell. Nobody can get you out. Remember the story of Lazarus? Oh, just wet your finger and let me touch the tip of my tongue. <laughs> no. Guys, it is a personal relationship. You have to make that decision. You have got to make that. You have to humble yourself and ask for forgiveness. Because you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. We are all wretched sinners. I tell you this because I love you. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not going to lie to you. That's a lot of my, a lot of my channel gets struck down. Because I'm not going to lie. I'm going to tell you the truth of what God's word says. And if somebody's going to tell you what you want to hear, that's called itching ears. And the Bible talks about that. In the end days, there'll be pastors that will heap up for themselves these people, these pastors who's going to tell them what they want to hear. Is that what God wants you to hear? No. No, my friend. No. I can guarantee you this much. 
I'm going to tell you what the Word of God says. And I ain't going to itch up stuff that's going to itch your little ears. I may tell you stuff that you want to hear and I myself probably don't want to hear half the time either. But it's the truth. It's God's Word. Anyway, that guys, I am going to get off of here. And as always, get in the Word of God. Let the Word of God get into you and my cat and Maranatha, Lord Jesus. Maranatha, thank you guys so much for listening. May God bless each and every one of you as we awake the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ.